The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. On my way back from Yellowstone, it's been a great week hiking, actually, uh, over 50 miles and about a dozen trails. And uh, we'll talk more about that later when I'm back in the studio in a hotel room right now in, where am I? Rapid City, South Dakota, I believe. On this week's show, we have a review of Norwegian Escape, and as always, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So a popular Carnival cruise director has announced his retirement. Yeah, so in a surprise move, Carnival's longtime cruise director, Matt Mitchum, decided it was time to retire from his 14-year career with Carnival. Even though Mitchum was assigned to be the cruise director aboard the new Mardi Gras in 2021, For reasons yet unknown, he turned in his resignation with Carnival last week. While remaining vague as to his reasons for moving on, he revealed that Mike Pack, cruise director on Carnival Horizon, would take over his intended role on Mardi Gras. Pack has had experience taking out a new ship, as he did with Carnival Horizon. Mitchum invited fans to keep an eye on his Facebook page, promising to post, quote, Some exciting news in the next few weeks. And another Carnival ship steams towards the scrapyard. Yes, and from the looks of it, Carnival Imagination seems to be heading in the same direction as sister ships Carnival Fantasy and Inspiration, and that is to Alyaga, Turkey, one of only a handful of ship-breaking yards in the world. Carnival Imagination had been listed along with Carnival Fascination to be taken out of service until 2022, But ship tracking sites show Carnival Imagination is en route to Turkey, so it's a logical assumption that Carnival Fascination will meet the same fate. We just don't know when. Carnival Corporation CEO Arnold Donald says he's optimistic about North American cruising in 2020. Yeah, so Arnold Donald is holding out optimism that Carnival might resume cruising before the end of 2020. But he's not going to rush any Carnival Corporation cruise line back into service before the time is right. Donald has said that he's grateful for all the support he's received from passengers and won't start ships cruising again until health and safety protocols are established and also meet the comfort and security levels for passengers. In an interview with Sea Trade, he remarked about the cruise startup in Italy and expressed concern about whether or not it was too soon to begin cruising. Then he added, quote, we'll all know that in a month or two from now. And it looks like the pandemic is not slowing down cruise projects at Port Miami. No, even the pandemic can't stop the growth of Port Miami. Miami-Dade County has just issued $335 million in special obligation bonds for the port. Port Miami will use the money for a variety of building projects 
as well as completion of new terminals or upgrades and expansions on existing ones. The new Norwegian Cruise Line Terminal is nearing completion, and Virgin Voyages Terminal will be completed in 2021 for a cost of $180 million. Renovations are also planned at terminals for Carnival Corporation ships, Disney Cruise Line, and MSC. And finally, another cruise line is signing on for rapid COVID testing. Yes, so Costa Cruises plans to begin cruising this month in Italy on September 6th, with Costa Deliciosa departing from the port of Trieste. Passengers will be required to take a quick COVID antigen test at the port. If the test shows that the person has the antibodies from COVID-19, then a PCR molecular test will be given, and medical staff will then decide if the person is healthy to sail. Costa claims to be the first cruise company to earn a certification from RINA, R-I-N-A, and that's a European entity that works with third-party companies to make sure their clients' health and safety protocols are in place. All right, listener question this week comes from Jim. You can email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Jim wants to know, where do you see cruise prices headed with supply and demand? It seems like just starting out, there will be fewer itineraries available. Hi, Jim, and you are right. There will be fewer itineraries, but cruise lines are already advertising really low lead-in rates or reduced deposits and onboard amenities. But if you dig a little deeper, you'll find increasingly higher prices for those optimal sailing dates and, of course, higher categories. If you think of, you know, cruise lines are going to have to improve their health and safety measures for at least the next year or two, and that won't be inexpensive. Rapid testing for thousands of passengers every day. Can you imagine? And Mm. someone's going to have to pay for it. And refitting ships for higher sanitation standards won't be cheap either. So I think... Along the lines of what you're saying, I think we'll continue to see incentive rates and amenities just to get people back on board. It may not be what's needed to lure first-timers, but if you simply want to cruise again and don't care where or when you're going, there will be deals available for sure. If you want a particular itinerary, stateroom, or sailing date, there's bound to be a premium price tag on that. And so here's the thing. Nothing's really changed except, of course, for the entire cruise experience on board and ashore. That is why you are Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug, and have a safe trip back to Jacksonville. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. A few months ago, actually right before the shutdown, seems to be a common theme recently, Barbara took a seven-night cruise aboard Norwegian Escape out of Port Miami to the Western Caribbean, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Barbara. Hey, Doug. Great to be here with you this evening. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and can't wait to talk about Norwegian Escape. It's been a little while since we chatted about this ship. Before we get to the ship, though, as we always do, we'll take a step back and uh, give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise on Escape this past January? Well, as a northern resident, I like to <laughs> sail in the middle of the winter. Sure. And it's a whole lot more pleasant to sail out of Florida than it is to sail out of New York City. Mm-hmm. So uh, we try to choose an option that will give us uh, a Fort Lauderdale or a Miami departure. Um, because it's just, uh, you, you're in the warmth and on vacation that much faster. Yeah. Um, and the itinerary was great. It went to some of my favorite ports, and it's a favorite ship, too. So there's that okay. as well. <laughs> now, so you're up in New Hampshire, and you had to make your way down to Miami. Did you do any pre-cruise time down there? Absolutely, because it's insane to arrive at the port day, the day of departure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always arrive at least one day, two days if I can squeeze the time in. Um, And I try to choose different hotels each time I'm down there because there's just so much to experience in every port city, but in particular in Miami. So, um, you know, I'll sometimes I'll stay right in the Bayport area. Sometimes I'll stay out in South Beach. Um, There's a lot of different experiences you can have staying in a port city. Um, And so sometimes I'll switch it up to stay in one area prior to the cruise and then in another area at the end of the cruise. It really it extends the cruise vacation and gives you a lot of flavor of the port city too. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that because I, uh, you know, some people are beach people, so they're on South Beach, and some are airport people. They just want to get off the plane and get to their hotel and get to the ship the next morning. And some people want to, you know, stay along Bayside, maybe have a drink or whatever at Bayside. So yeah, that's very cool. You kind of mix it up a little bit there. So you make your way to Port Miami. How was embarkation to board Norwegian Escape? Port Miami is just a delight as far as embarkation. It really is. um, I think part of it is just because it feels good. It's nice warm air and the, you know, it begins with the porters. They're cheerful and friendly and clean and professional uh, they're right there to take your bags, whisk them away. They make sure you're headed in the right direction. Because sometimes in Miami, you're boarding from two different terminals, um, often with Norwegian. Although with the new terminal being built, that won't be an issue anymore. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, they make sure that you're headed in the right direction, going through the right doors. And then their security queues are typically very swift in comparison to some other port cities. Um and you've got a night, if you're staying in the Haven, which we were, you've got a really nice private check-in lounge and then a huge reception lounge where you get to wait until it's time to board the ship and then they come and escort you on board. So I have uh, nothing but high praise for the embarkation process, especially uh, with Norwegian if you're in the Haven. So since you were in the Haven, if I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly, you make your way, you know, you drop your bags off, you go into the terminal, and then is there like a special check-in that just brings you, whisks you away and takes you right to your own private, like, entry and then to your area? Exactly. As soon as you get through security, um, and it, it will be different in the new terminal, and probably by the time 
cruising starts to resume, we're going to be using that new terminal pretty quickly, I mm-hmm. think. But yeah. um, with the terminal set up that they're using right now, um, you you go through security, and there's a small little lounge where you actually check in with the concierge staff. They have your key cards there, and it's a, a little reception area. There's coffee and pastries and some comfortable chairs. You fill out your pre-cruise health questionnaire and what have you. And then as soon as you are finished that process and they've taken your photos, they whisk you from there to this really huge, comfortable lounge up on the second floor. Um, and it's at the gangway. And so when it's time to board the ship, people from the Haven are escorted on board ahead of everyone else. That's a remarkable process. You just sort of, Mm -hmm. you get on board and you sort of find yourself deposited in the Haven. It's a delight. It's really a pleasure. Yeah. Are you like, are you an exclusive Haven cruiser or was this like a one-off for you? Um, I'm pretty spoiled. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. I don't get to cruise as often as I would like, and okay. so when we do cruise, we try to, you know, to make it top-notch, um, yeah. and if it's on Norwegian, it's definitely in the haven. Um, it's not to say I haven't sailed in interiors and ocean views and balconies. I sure have, um, but uh, if we can swing the haven, we're absolutely booking the haven or a suite. Some okay. of the ships have suites. You make your way to your stateroom. So what kind of stateroom did you have in the Haven, and what did you think of it? For this particular cruise, we were booked in the deluxe owner suite, which is just an absolutely over-the-top accommodation. Uh, It's a massive suite at the very front of the ship, up above the bridge. Nice. There are four of them on that particular ship, um, one on each corner on decks 17 and 18. And they have this incredible living space with a master bedroom, master baths, huge walk-in closet. And then there's a second, what they call a media room, which converts basically into a bedroom at night. And it has its own bathroom as well. Uh, And then there's um, a convertible sofa in the living area of this suite. So it could feasibly and comfortably accommodate six people. Which wow. is pretty remarkable. That's awesome. Now, with the Haven, does every Haven room come with, would you call it a butler? It comes with a butler and a concierge. Wow. Um, so you've you've got a cabin steward mm-hmm. who is taking care of uh, all of the housekeeping itself. And then you have the butler who is handling anything that you need um, special inside your suite. Every suite comes with an espresso machine, and so the butler is always making sure that you've got adequate pods and creamers. And uh, deluxe owner suite comes with three bottles of liquor, and wow. so they make sure that you're stocked with all of your mixers, and you get unlimited bottled water, both still and sparkling. And then you have, you know daily delivery of treats that they bring you, or if you've got a special request, or if you want to have a meal en suite, you can do that as well. So the butler handles all of those things. Wow. Um, And it doesn't sound like a big job, but they have typically between 10 and 14 suites that they're caring for. And so Mm -hmm. it's a a tremendous amount of work for them. The concierge as well, the concierge and their staff, they take care of... um, 
booking your dining or your entertainment reservations or escorting you to the private area in this theater. So there's lots of things that the concierge assists with as well. Spa treatments, shore excursions, anything you need to book outside Mm -hmm. of your suite, the concierge takes care of. Very nice. Let's talk about dining on board Norwegian Escape. And before we get down there with the regular cruisers, um, is there a dedicated Mm -hmm. dining space for Haven guests on Escape? Yes, there is. And out of all of the Haven restaurants, this layout is my favorite because not only does it have its own private dining area, uh, it's a it's a lovely high-end dining experience, but Escape is the first ship in the fleet that has an outdoor area. So you've got the best of both worlds. If you want to go out and have breakfast, you are literally looking over uh, part of the pool deck and the ocean. What a fantastic way to start the day or yeah. to have lunch or dinner. It's just, it adds uh, another whole element of exclusivity to that Haven experience. When you descend down with the normal folk and dine, like <laughs> at the Garden Cafe or what have you, let's talk about the uh, regular dining and the specialty restaurants. Did you have any packages or dining packages you got before you boarded? Yes. Um, our booking came with the standard dining package. Um, and then because of our latitudes tier, we also received uh, dinner in La Cucina and dinner in La Bistro. So almost every night of the cruise, we were having our dinner in a specialty restaurant. Okay. Um, and Escape has some wonderful specialty restaurants. Okay, so Norwegian Cruise Line doesn't have a main dining room per se. I know you have the Haven experience, but did you do any dining like in one of their three main or general dining rooms? On this cruise, we did not, um, only because there just wasn't enough time. We had too many specialty dining nights that we just couldn't fit all of them in and the main dining rooms. I have dined Many times uh, in the main dining rooms on almost every ship in the fleet. And I have to say that, you know, it's a great dining experience on Norwegian, no matter what ship I've ever been on. Right. Um, and I've sailed pretty much every one of them. And how about as far as the Garden Cafe, which is Norwegian's buffet? How was that experience or did you go in there at all? I always go to the Garden Cafe mm-hmm. um, and it may be for a meal or it may just be for a snack. Um, I really like the way they lay out their garden cafe. So we've got a lot of great options. Um, it's not limited. It's never boring. So if at breakfast I want to have fresh fruit and waffles or I want to have muesli or I want to have eggs over medium, I can have whatever I want. Um, it's all there, and it's fresh. It's really clean. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all the cruise lines, I really think Norwegian does the buffet experience the best. So let's talk about those specialty restaurants. What we'll do here is give us a specialty restaurant, maybe a highlight for you, and then move to the next one. Okay, sure. First night tradition for us, no matter which ship we're on, is teppanyaki. Um, love that experience. It's fun. It's sometimes a little bit too noisy. Um, it's a very boisterous experience. That's mm-hmm. their hibachi-style restaurant. And typically, 
you've got two tables back to back with two chefs performing together. Um, and so it can get a little loud. So for those who are not into a boisterous dining experience, teppanyaki is not for you. Okay. Um, the food is consistently good. Um, I typically order the filet because I can't eat seafood. And so chicken I can make at home, filet I can't make the way they make it. It's delicious and it's tender. Um, and so it's a great experience. Uh, it's a tradition for us every cruise the first night we go to Teppanyaki. And as of, this is probably the 30th time I've eaten a Teppanyaki and never had a bad meal. So I nice. like that one a lot. Okay. Uh, we also dined at, um, this ship has some uh, unique specialty options. It's got Pincho Tapas Bar and it's got Food Republic. Mm-hmm. And these are both small plate shareable type dining venues. And so this is an option where we wouldn't go and have dinner. We would go and have sort of hors d'oeuvres at four o'clock kind of thing. Um, then go have cocktails somewhere and then go to dinner at eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So we dined numerous times at Pincho and at Food Republic. Um, both of them are delightful options for just something that's fresh and um, well-prepared, well-presented, clean, you're in, you're out, you've had a good bite, and then it's off to do whatever it is you're going to do next. Um, so those are really good options that uh, Escape happens to feature both of them. Uh, we also always go to Le Bistro. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a never miss. Mm-hmm. They have got the world's most amazing four mushroom soup. Um, they have some of the best steaks on the ship, um, and you can you know you you can find a similar level of service at um, a good French restaurant in any major city, but it's just taken to a new level when you're in the middle of the ocean. Um, so Le Bistro is another fleet favorite. You haven't mentioned Cagney's. Cagney's is another. We went to Cagney's twice on this trip. It was so amazing the first time we went back again. <laughs> <laughs> um, they make a mean sidecar at Cagney's. That's their signature drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we indulged in a couple of those while we were on board. Nice. Um, and had just amazing meals. The staff at Cagney's on Escape are uh, just amazing. Um, best Cagney staff that we've ever experienced anywhere in the fleet. And so that's why we went back twice. Uh, and then our last night, we had dinner at La Cucina. Mm. And in the past, that's never been a favorite of mine. But I have to say that this trip changed my mind. They had made some changes to the menu. Um, and it was a really fantastic dining experience from start to finish. Nice. So they, so, they yeah, redeemed we, themselves. We pretty well covered everyone. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the entertainment on this seven-night cruise. Are you a show person or a, a, a lounge or a comedy show? There's, like, there's so much to do on Escape. Work. What did you think of the entertainment? <laughs> I love the entertainment on any cruise ship. Um and Escape is definitely a winner in that in that area. Um, I'm not real big on headliners. I'll pop in for a short stay when Howl at the Moon is performing. I really enjoy that. But it's sort of a, 
I can only take just so much of that uh, because that is really loud and boisterous. Um, And then at Headliners, they also have the Levity Entertainment Group Comedians. Those are your typical stand-up comedy. They work a circuit on land, and they do the same on the ships. Um, So that's pretty uh, standard comedy fare. And then they've got uh, Wine Lovers the Musical, which is a lunchtime entertainment option on sea days. That's that's often uh, a fun little thing to do. And Escape has the Supper Club, which we didn't get to do this time because we just had too much else going on. But that's a cabaret-style venue, um, so it's dinner and a show. Really uh, varied offerings there, so what you experience one time is going to be completely different than what you experience the next time you go to that venue on the same ship. So that's kind of fun. And then they have two of the top shows ever. Uh, They've got Choir of Man, which is an experience in itself. Um, Unlike any other type of show, uh, it's all men. Most of the show is sung, um, and it takes place in a pub. So there's a lot of beer. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Nice. And then After Midnight is the other signature show, uh, which is... uh, about the Cotton Club, and it's uh, it's an exceptional production. They really pulled out all the stops for this production. So, yeah, entertainment-wise, we were constantly entertained. Um, no shortage of live music all around the ship and some amazing shows. I'm trying to think because when I went to Choir of Man – like the beer was definitely flowing and people were just walking on stage before the show. Was the beer free yes. for people? Yes. Okay. And wow. they'll start offering that beer at about 10 minutes to showtime. And mm-hmm. so a really, you know, a lot of people show up at the show with their cocktail already, but uh-huh. a really large number of people get to uh, take advantage of that free glass of beer and then they'll do it again sort of in the middle of the show, they'll invite folks to come up and and do it again, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, because you don't get a lot of free on Norwegian, that's for sure. So you want to take (laughs) advantage of that, right? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, how were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? You know, the ship is very well designed for sea days. um, And there's so much going on that people are often spread out, all doing what they want to do and enjoying what they like to enjoy. There's so many different options. I mean, I'm a big spa person, so if it's a sea day, you're going to find me for at least two hours in a treatment room getting a facial or maybe a massage or a wrap or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband, on the other hand, will spend those two hours in the casino. Um, Our adult kids might be in the spa with me or they might be playing trivia or basketball, or, you know, depending upon what the weather is, ropes courses, zip lines, it's all there. I mean, the ship has just got so much to offer, and and it's so big that everybody is spread out. Yeah, that spa on Escape is beautiful. Oh, God, isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. There's heated tile lounges. Yeah. Oh, little piece of heaven right, right. there. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about the ports of call. And you did go to Harvest Key on this cruise. And for the people listening who might not know the difference between Harvest Key and Great Stirrup Key, how would you describe that to them? 
Oh, there's a huge difference between the two. Both of them are private to Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Great Stirrup Key is a private island in every regard. Everything on the island is owned and operated by Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Harvest Key is a collaborative effort between Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings and the government of Belize. So all of the enterprises that are on the island are privately owned and operated by Belizean companies. Okay. So it's a small business island, and it's pretty amazing. There is something for everybody there. A lot of what's there is included. There's you know, umpteen beach spots where you can go. There's lockers where you can lock up your, your personal belongings and go and enjoy everything on the island. There's the largest pool I have ever seen in my life that spans the entire center of the island. It's got a swim-up bar. It's got a little walking bridge that goes over it. There are cabanas around it. There's beach chairs all over. Um, So if you're into beaching or pool, both are there in abundance and free. There's uh, quite a lot, uh, actually, of nature conservancy there. There's a lizard house. There's a butterfly exhibit. There are wild birds in an absolutely massive aviary structure. Um, And there's a naturalist for each of these who will help you understand what you're looking at, how these animals were um, brought to be there, um, what their importance is to the country, And so there's nature involved there. They also have a fairly good-sized mangrove area. You can rent small little electric boats and go float around the mangroves. There's tons of wildlife in and on the mangrove area and at some other areas around the shoreline. Uh, There's a huge marina there where there's water sports. You can go parasailing or jet skiing. There's a ferry that can take you over to Placencia on the mainland, and there's a lot of American expatriates who own some businesses there, restaurants and bicycle rentals and fishing charters and all that sort of stuff. So although it's not, um, you know, your Harvest Key is not mainland Belize like Belize City, but it also doesn't have some of the drawbacks of Belize City, where you have some areas you just shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvest Key is 100% safe, 100% fun, and 100% well done. There is truly something for everybody on Harvest Key. And if you get bored by some inexplicable means, you get on that ferry. It's, I think, $20 round trip. Takes you over to Placencia and you can enjoy some of the mainland and then come back and board the ship again. Curious then, because you said this island was built in partnership with the government of Belize. So can you use the drink package here like you can on Great Stirrup Key, or is it totally different? Not like Great Stirrup Key in that regard. On Great Stirrup, all of the food is included, and your drink package follows you onto the island because all of it is owned and operated by Norwegian. Um, Harvest Key... None of those things, once you step off the ship, it's just like it is in any other normal port. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything is for a fee. So meals on the island are for a fee. Drinks are for a fee. 
Um, and there's, you know, you can rent luxury beach cabanas. You can rent, uh, you know, pool cabanas. There are areas on the ship and on the island that you can rent um, that are shore excursions through the ship, but they're really operated by Belizean businesses. Gotcha. Okay. So it's more of, it's not like an independent NCL owns it. They can do whatever they want. There's kind of some outside vendors as well. So that's good to know. Yeah. Your other ports of call you went to, you went to Cozumel, Roatan, and Costa Maya. So uh, what we'll do here is give us the port of call, give us your highlight, and then go to the next one. So our next port was uh, Cozumel, another one of my favorites. Um, I like that Norwegian docks right in the center. So you can get off the ship and walk in any direction and find plenty of fun, or you could hop a cab and in short order, you can be at Paradise Beach or you can be at Chankanab or it can be almost anywhere. Um, this particular time, we did a completely unique outside excursion that I had not done prior. Uh, we did something called the Cozumel Bar Hop, and it's a private company with private transportation and two guides. And you go to the opposite side of the island and you go to four different bars. For folks who don't know, the opposite side of the island does not have electricity, does not have services of any kind. You are in this very rugged beach environment. The surf is very rough on that side of the island. Excuse me. And uh, these are really, really unique. There's tons of wildlife over there, the rock outcroppings where the water has etched away that you climb up on top of and you can watch the iguanas running you can watch the fish there's the flora on that side of the island is very undisturbed so it's just really ruggedly beautiful over there um, and in each of the bars it's a completely different flavor you've got mariachi bands throwing around in one of them another one has a lot of local vendors that are uh, right at the entrance that you can stop at um, and so it's just four completely unique bars that you stop at. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them have food, so you have the opportunity to, <laughs> to temper that tequila a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's a really unique experience and uh, one that I will recommend to folks in the future because it was a tremendous amount of fun. It was really well done. And then your next port of call was Roatan. How was your day there? Loved that day. Uh, Roatan has put a tremendous focus on developing their port. And so I've been there three times over the past four or five years, and each time it's just uh, more and more beautiful each time. There's a lot of uh, local vendors, local restaurants there. You could feasibly get off the ship and spend the entire day just wandering directly at the port. Um, We chose instead to hop in a cab, and go to a new attraction in Honduras. Uh, Many folks will be familiar with Victor Bodden. He is Mm -hmm. a well-known excursion operator in the Caribbean. And Victor has built uh, a wildlife park in Roatan. It's a short cab ride from the port. Um, Beautifully done. There are sloths and monkeys and exotic birds native to Honduras. Uh, You'll have a guide that will walk you through that part of it. And then they've got um, 
a pretty extensive zip line right there in the park, and they've got a beautiful little gift shop and a snack bar. Um, so it was a nice couple of hours spent just enjoying uh, local. Um, nice. And then back to the port for this trip. Um, the cab ride there is educational in and of itself because all of the cab drivers want you to see and appreciate their island. And so they'll tell you about the various villages that you're going through. Every village has a purpose. There are fishing villages and minstrel villages. And, you know, each village, the people there um, have typically a common occupation that is part of the fabric of the entire island. So it's really um, interesting and fun just to take a cab even if you don't, don't go and do something while you're there. And then your final port of call was Costa Maya, always a fun either port stop or making your way inland. <laughs> what did you do there? Uh, stayed right at the port this okay. time. Um, and, it, you know, there's some little hidden gems in the port of Costa Maya. Of course, there's all the little shops and the restaurants. They have some of the best, best salsa on the planet in Costa Maya. Um, and folks will often notice that there's some flamingos inside by the pool there. Mm-hmm. And if you walk around by where those flamingos are, there's an entrance to an aviary that actually goes above the entire port area. And each time I go, I say, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I never do that. So mm-hmm. this time I did that. And I will do it again. Um, it was, I don't know, maybe $12 to enter this thing. And it's a, um, it's a series of stops that are accessed by skyways. You're walking on elevated rope walkways from spot to spot, literally above the entire port. And each spot is a different variety of birds. Um, and then in between, you have the most incredible views of everything going on down below and also of the ship's the coastline. It's a really cool experience. Um, so I'm glad I did it this time. Yeah, yeah it sounds like I haven't course, done that. And of course, lots of shopping. Yeah, of course. And they have that, uh, Costa Maya has the aquariums where you can stick your feet in. And what is it? The fish can like peck the skin off your feet. Is that what they're doing? <laughs> they eat it? Have you seen that there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've seen that. I, I've seen that in a couple of places mm-hmm. now. Um, I've never, I have never been quite tempted to have a fish <laughs> pedicure. <laughs> Same here. Same here. But people rave about them. Yeah. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How is disembarkation for you? Disembarkation is always easy in Miami. Um, it's very well organized there. They just really. I don't know why they're so organized, but it's just Mm -hmm. so much more pleasant than most other ports of call. You just sort of get off the ship. You take your luggage. Customs is now uh, completely different than it has been in years past. Everything's done by facial recognition. Mm -hmm. So you're swiping your key card, you're getting your facial recognition, and you're waved on. And that's it. You're done. You're off the ship. You get your luggage. You call your Uber, and away you go. It's so seamless and painless. It's amazing. Gone are the days of coming off a ship calm and relaxed and losing your mind within uh-huh. 30 minutes because <laughs> because of disembarkation. <laughs> Did you have a, a leg up on 
the general population because you were in the Haven? You can. Typically, we are not early morning rush off the ship people. So you do get an escort, but unless you're one of those in the first group off the ship, Mm -hmm. you're basically blended right in with the rest of the people who are trying to get off the ship. So um, you will get an escort to a certain point, but it's not, um, you know, it's not express completely off the ship unless you're in that first early morning batch. I like when you get on, get to the cruise terminal and, you know, someone will say, well, I was in the Haven or I'm Diamond and the custom agent's like, I don't care what you are. You're a U.S. citizen. Exactly. Get in line. <laughs> <laughs> it's always enjoyable seeing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. looking back on this cruise, uh, do you have any first time tips to offer anyone who's either staying in the Haven or taking a cruise on Norwegian Escape? Absolutely. Whether you're in the Haven or not, I recommend getting familiar with all of your dining and entertainment options. And even if you are in the Haven and you have a concierge, book them ahead of time anyway. Book what you know you want to see or experience and make sure that you get the days and times that you want because these are mm-hmm. big ships filled with a lot of people. And it's, it's just sort of setting yourself up for disappointment. Can the concierge work you in somehow? Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes the answer is yes, but there's no guarantee. Um, and, and every voyage is different. The mix of guests is going to be different. The mix of demand for different venues is going to be different. And so if there's something you make, you know, you really want to experience, make sure you book it in advance. What was the biggest highlight of this seven night cruise on Norwegian Escape? Oh, man, there were so many. But I think I would have to say the forward facing balcony in the suite. was an incredible experience pulling in and out of ports, going down the channel in Miami with the same view as the captain has with these just beautiful warm air, ocean breezes and this massive balcony to just sit and enjoy the peace of being at sea. A hundred percent agree. Never sailed there, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you're painting the perfect picture right now. And I'm like, I could totally see myself doing that and loving every second of it. It's magical. It is absolutely a magical experience. Well, final thoughts of Norwegian Escape. It's a fabulous ship. There's just so much to offer. Whether you're, you know, a couple on a romantic getaway, whether you're sailing with young children or whether you're a multi-generational Grandma, grandpa, kids, grandkids. This ship has something for everybody. There's amazing kids programming. There's amazing kids offerings. It's just, there's truly something for everybody on this ship. And it's designed so well that you never feel like you're crowded in. And if you're a person who really wants to avoid the kids. Fortunately, this ship and many others have Spice H2O all the way at the aft. It's an adults only with a huge bar, massive aft-facing deck with beach loungers, hot tubs, water features. So even if you're on the ship and you just don't want to lay eyes on a kid, you can do that too. I think I'm sold, Barbara. I think uh, when the cruising resumes... 
I'm going to be sailing Norwegian Escape. I did the inaugural, I think, I think back in too, 2015. Doug. Yeah, so I want to get back on it again. We've been talking with Barbara about her seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Norwegian Escape out of Port Miami. Barbara, thank you so much for giving this review. I sure appreciate it. It has been my pleasure to share this wonderful experience with everybody. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. ba 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 da ba da Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.